Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. For some chin music. Hey, Aunt, how about a warning? Sure. Watch out you don't get killed. <laughs> because sometimes in baseball, you've got to send a strong message, especially when someone has it coming. Each Saturday, Inside the Clubhouse comes in high and tight with a response to something that deserves one, like this. You know, we, we didn't have a good year last year, and obviously it's not, a, it's not hard to see, but... Um, you know, I think everybody deep down wanted to play better um, individually as a team. And I think that, I don't know, I can't speak for every player, but I know for me that um, I don't want to call it selfish or anything, but you want to play well um, to help the team win. And I don't, I'm not going to blame that clubhouse at all for the way I played. I didn't play my best at all last year. Um, but I'm looking forward to you know, getting back out there and hopefully turning it around. And welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse. That, Andrew Benintendi, White Sox left fielder, his first year last year after signing the big free agent contract. And, Bruce, as we uh, get into our chin music, uh, you could uh, hear he was uh, very disappointed in uh, his performance and uh, really, I think, overall the teams last year. Yeah, uh, you know, again, uh, we take you back to the, uh, the White Sox clubhouse last year only to move forward, and that is when you have a guy like Benintendi who was at the Boys and Girls Club 10 days ago talking to me about the team, he took responsibility first for the fact that he wasn't very good. And he signed a, uh, a long-term contract with the White Sox, uh, Mike, to to be uh, you know near the top of the order and be a, a run scorer and a run producer. And uh, he wasn't any of that. He was disappointed in that. So uh, when I asked him about the clubhouse and the fact that it wasn't uh, a very positive thing for the White Sox last year, he refused to use that as an excuse. I, I found it refreshing. Uh, again, you have him for four more years. You hope that his production is going to be better. He said that he's... Uh, He's working out a little harder this year, and uh, not that he wasn't in shape last year, but he's trying to find a little bit more strength, a little bit more pop in his swing. Uh, just a, one of very many disappointments for the White Sox in 2023. Right. Uh, the team that, you know, they were expected to contend. They were uh, looking to win the division last year, and then after the I think it was a 7-14 and 14 start, whatever it was, something along those lines. It was 
they never really got it back. Uh, with, with spurts here and there, they played some decent ball, but with the first year of Pedro Gafal, it was a struggle all around. And certainly Benintendi, part of that, Bruce, we have one more clip here that we'd like uh, for everyone to hear as well. Uh, there was never a disagreement or any kind of you know, t- t- fights or anything between teammates. I think everybody liked each other. Um, we just had a bad year. I mean, that's obviously my first year here, so it's um, meeting guys going through that initially, you know, the first year going through, you know, obviously not a great season. But, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to getting out spring training. Hopefully the, the energy's up, and I think it will be, um, and then turn it around. Well, I think he soft-sold it a little bit, Mike. Uh, he was a stand-up guy. There were a lot of stand-up guys there. Even the guys that were uh, turned out to be bad character guys were stand-up guys. They just weren't great teammates, okay? Mm. I mean, there's a, there's a difference. There's guys that uh, stood up, talked about how things weren't working out, and were not supportive of good teammates. They ended up getting traded, a, lot, a bunch of them, you know? Not every one of them, but there were there were two or three at least players on that team last year that were that were just once their their season started to fade, instead of being there as a supportive part of it, they were part of the problem and they ended up going somewhere else. Uh, it, it was unfortunate to watch. <clears throat> I've seen a lot of uh, good and bad clubhouses over the years, Mike. Uh, the, the really good, strong baseball people stick together no matter what the record is. That's what you do in the sport. Uh, last year, White Sox had a bunch of guys that were, they couldn't wait to get out of there. They, they did everything they could to get out of there, and they weren't always great teammates. Uh, if, if we were talking to any of them right now, they would tell you we were good teammates because we told you the truth about what was going on, that it wasn't you know, people weren't getting it done and we weren't uh, a cohesive group. Part of the blame goes to those players who uh, didn't uh, stand up for their teammates. Bruce, I I get the feeling this is one of those cases, and we know, listen, we've talked about it uh, ad nauseum here on this show, and Sox fans know this, right? This is an unexpected rebuild after last year. They were hoping, as as we have talked about, to be – division uh, title contenders last year. That didn't happen. The struggles we're talking about right now. But I I get the feeling almost that Chris Getz is trying to rebuild that clubhouse. I mean, all the issues that you talked about, he's he's focusing on that. He's focusing on baseball, character, defense, things like of that nature. And knowing that this is going to be a multi-year process, he wants to make sure that that clubhouse mix is great as well. You know, you go from a identity of, hey, we're, we're bringing guys in here to help us win a championship, and uh, we have some main parts that are, in, that are part of our team. Now we're going to bring in other pieces to try to get this done. That, that's the risk you run, Mike, uh, when, you, when you bring other guys in from the outside that are veterans that are there on one- or two-year deals. Uh, when it doesn't work out, you run the risk of uh, the clubhouse lawyers taking over, and that's what happened with the Chicago White Sox last year. Uh, the, the intent now is to build your own organization with guys that have a feeling for each other, support each other, part of the uh, organization as they build forward. I don't think anybody was more surprised than Jerry Reinsdorf as to what he had to do this year, okay? When you 
go from 93 wins and winning a division to 81 in a disappointing year and then fortifying that, thinking that you're going back to being a, uh, a team that's going to the playoffs like they were for two years in a row, and then seeing the whole thing blow up in your face, uh, it was, I think, mind-boggling for Jerry to have to fire Kenny, fire Rick, and then, uh, you know, look at all these players that uh, weren't a part of the team, that uh, weren't a part of the organization, really, that they had to let go. So it was a it was a numbing experience for the fan base of the Chicago White Sox. They certainly d- deserve better. I, the, the questions that they have and that we hear every week, Mike, understood I would be doing the exact same thing because when you uh, when you have the disappointment of going to from a contender to a uh, team that's lost over 100 games within a year, it's just it's it's really hard to get your your head around. I, I give the White Sox credit and Jerry credit for changing everything, but uh, again, I, I feel the White Sox fans' um, pain when it comes to looking ahead and understanding this is going to take a little while to get straightened out. Three one two six four four six seven six seven. Sox fans, if you'd like to chime in on this discussion, uh, please give us a ring. That's our text number also. And as a reminder, we'll talk to Mike Busick, MLB consultant and former vice president within baseball for several clubs, talking about the new White Sox stadium plan. We'll talk to Mike at the bottom of the hour. But for now, let's go out to the phone lines. Owen is in Willowbrook. He is on Inside the Clubhouse. Morning, Owen. Hi, guys. Good show. Um, Hey, I'm a guy that was a lifelong Sox fan. I'm 68 years old. I quit on this team five years ago. I I couldn't stand the front office. But I'll tell you, I'm going to give Chris Getz the benefit of the doubt because I like the fact that he's going with rule number one, catch the ball. And I'll I'll tell you what I think that's going to do. I think they're going to improve defensively. And just from a mental standpoint, pitchers might not have to worry about their defense catching the ball, which I think is going to relate to maybe throwing less pitches. Have a little bit more confidence and let the guys behind you do their job. And the fact that he's building defense up the middle, I love it. I like it, and I'm going to look forward to maybe some small ball. Guys that ought to move, guys that are going to move you know, runners along. I'm I'm looking forward to going back to real baseball, and I'm going to give you know gets the benefit of the doubt. The only other thing they got to do is I think two things they got to do. I think they have to address right field defensively, and I think they got to somehow find a way to get Gavin Sheets four or five hundred at bats because I think he's a thirty home run guy if he is. Okay, thanks for your call, Mike. Uh... You know, listening to uh, Owen talk about the White Sox, there's still hope out there, okay? Owen said that yep. he likes the idea there's there's new people and there's new things going on there. I, I will I will say this. Um, the, the, the reason, one of the main reasons that the White Sox weren't good was because they had horrible defense up the middle. Luis Robert is a gold glover in center field. So I remove him from the equation. Tim Anderson couldn't get it done at short. Whoever they moved in at second base was not getting it done. Uh, the unfortunate signing of Yasmani Grandal. And again, he's a great pro. He's had a great career, you know, more power to him. But uh, when he came to the White Sox, except for one half year where he hit, uh, he was a, a very disappointing 
catcher, a guy that couldn't handle the pitching staff very well, trouble with block, blocking balls, trouble with throwing. Um, not for a lack of effort, just for a lack of talent. Uh, I think it was a uh, one of the bigger mistakes in White Sox history, signing Grandal to that long-term contract to be the guy that was going to help with the uh, defense and the uh, and, and getting the pitchers where they needed to be. Uh, it just was a, a, a huge failure, and it was one that uh, I think took the White Sox back. Yes, they did go to the playoffs a couple of years with him as a catcher. You know, again, I have a lot of respect for Grandal as a pro, but it had very little to do with Grandal being the guy that they needed behind the plate. So uh, addressing that by bringing in two veterans to catch, uh, better defensive players, I think, as Owen said, it's a good start for the White Sox uh, playing better defense in 2024. Owen, if uh, it would make you happy to know Bruce and I were both nodding as you were talking when you talk about catching the baseball. And Bruce, you just mentioned with the, the catching that they brought in. Maldonado from Houston, uh, I've seen him referred to and, and talked to as a second manager out there. He's an older guy. He's been around forever, but... Pitchers rave about him. Teammates rave about him. He's a defensive uh, catcher first. He's going to give you some pop, but not a ton offensively. But he's really there uh, to solidify the pitching and the defense. They brought in Stasi. They brought in DeYoung and Lopez up the middle. And you mentioned, of course, Luis Robert, the one superstar on this uh, White Sox team. Uh, that, to me, is, I mean, it's the way you start, right? And I think it's, it's effective, and we'll, we'll see it. Uh, we'll see how it uh, pans out here in 2024. Back out to the phones we go, Bruce, and Wheeling. Carl is up next talking White Sox here on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, Carl. Yes, yes, guys. Uh, yeah, Bruce, I want to ask you this question. Are the White Sox at all looking for a, a veteran second baseman like Whit Merrifield, maybe to sign for a couple of years? Because he can play two positions. He can play right and second base. I personally believe that Nicky Lopez uh, is would be best suited as a utility ball player, and he might be really good. I'm actually optimistic about the White Sox with all these young pitchers. I know a lot of White Sox fans uh, don't feel this way, but uh, I think they they could possibly be a little bit of a surprise this year too if they're if they can get some two or three of these pitchers and a couple of bullpen pitchers. We don't even know who they are. A lot of these people. Let's give them a chance. I think it's going to be a, a great spring training. Very interesting spring training for the White Sox. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, uh, Mike. I think they got a chance to win more than 61 games. I can't tell you how many more, but I, I think they can do. I think they can do better with better defense and better young pitching. Look, uh, are they going to win 85 or 90 games? No, that's not going to happen. But they can they can be started on the right road, and hopefully this is the way to go. Look, when you look at uh, the situation with um, the outfield right now, you know they have, you know they 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 are looking for outfielders down the line. Uh, they are looking for infielders down the line. Uh, Colson Montgomery is not far away from playing in the major leagues, maybe as early as May or June, I would say. Um, there's a good chance that Montgomery uh, is with the team. There, there's, there's things to get excited about. Not a ton of them right now, but certainly uh, moving in a direction of pitching and defense is somewhere where the White Sox are going. 
And uh, Bruce, I will ask you, uh, you know, we heard Owen talk about right field. It's been the never ending uh, sinkhole for the White Sox uh, filling that position. I want to ask you about Oscar Colas. I know a lot of people had high expectations for him last year. Certainly he did not live up to those. What uh, what are you looking for and what are you hearing about Colas heading into this season? It's hard for me to project him because even though uh, he's been new to the White Sox the last few years, he had played before. He had played in Cuba. He played in Japan. Uh, It was shocking to see him come up and not be able to play right field. He couldn't take proper routes to baseballs. He couldn't hit the cutoff man. Uh, He couldn't make consistent contact. Uh, It looked like uh, a guy that was supposed to be playing in in, in double A and really uh, was expected to be the everyday right fielder for the Chicago White Sox. It was just a uh, it was a failure and is one that uh, hopefully can be rectified. They can make something out of this. But uh, this was uh, this was a, a a huge failure for the White Sox and one that. They were not. They did not see this coming. They thought Colas was ready to be, at the very least, a, uh, a 100, 120-game player for them last year, give them some pop from the left side. Up next on the phones, again, 312-644-6767. If you'd like to jump into the baseball conversation, we head down to Springfield. Chris joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Do you see the Cardinals doing anything with the White Sox? Well, what would you propose? Uh, I mean, uh, do, you, do, you, do you see a matchup there at all from uh, from your perspective? Are you a Cardinal fan, Chris? Oh, yes. Okay. Well, who would you like other than Luis Robert off the White Sox? <laughs> Maybe we can make that happen for you, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'd love that. But anyway, uh, I think that, you know, uh, Cease would be cheaper since he didn't do as good last year. I didn't know if the Cardinals might go after him or not. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if they were one of the teams interested. Thanks. Th- thanks so much, Chris. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And the Cardinals, one of the teams, Bruce. Uh, they they signed a bunch of pitching, a lot of veteran starting pitching, uh, very early in this off season. Uh, did the Cardinals? It's been. Uh, uh, it was interesting to see them come out. They obviously had a strategy, and uh, certainly. Uh, some interesting moves for the St. Louis Cardinals early on in the off season. Yeah, they brought Lynn in, and uh, you know they uh, they got added some veteran pitchers. They certainly had to. The pitching was really not too good last year. It was pretty no. it was pretty obvious their starting pitching was not going to be good, um, and uh, it was worse than imagine. I think they had I think they had their worst year in over 30 years as far as their record goes last year, winning like 71 yep. games. Kyle Gibson from Baltimore, Sonny Gray, right. and then, as you mentioned, Lance Lynn, and the Sox fans know all about Lance Lynn, but not a one of those guys is under 34, and Lynn and Gibson are both 36, so they're they're going for the age and the experience and obviously shorter-term deals there, but uh, interesting uh, what they, they jumped well, out of the Gray, gates doing. Gray had a, a, an outstanding year last year, yep. and uh, he should be good for them. They're they're looking for some innings, and uh, you know, again, a guy like Cease would would be a huge addition to the Cardinals or any team out there right now. 
Bob is on the road, and Bob joins us now here on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, Bob, good morning. Yeah, morning, guys. Bruce, I just want to say that we're from uh, similar backgrounds. We're two little Jewish boys who grew up on the southeast side of Chicago in the 50s and the 60s. The only difference was I went to a way better high school than you did. I went to Poland High School. Oh, uh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I knew you would be, yeah. But anyway, um, I've been a fan for 70 years, and I'm looking less forward to this season than I ever have uh, as a White Sox fan. I don't see them winning more than 60 games this year. I mean, you know, who knows who their pitchers are going to be, you know, who their uh, uh, second baseman's going to be, who their catchers are going to be. I I mean, it's really unfortunate, and Reinsdorf would be nice if he spent some money once in a while. That's all I got. All right, Bob, thanks. And I love Bowen High School. My father went to Bowen High School, and – my family had a business in uh, on the southeast side, right near Bowen High School. So, always appreciate talking to a former southeast sider. Uh, Mike, uh, when you when you look at them spending money, I think they they will at times. This is probably yep. not the year that they're going to do nope. that. I would say their payroll is going to be somewhere between 125 and 135 million dollars uh, this year. Uh, Probably not enough for Sox fans, but you know, at, at this point, uh, why why would you spend your money unless you're getting players that you can project for the next four or five years? That's where you have to go. Um, I don't think they'll hesitate to pay players once they get to that point. But you have Mankata; it's making uh, they they owe 25 million to uh, Eloy, 17. Uh, Roberts making a lot of money in center field. So uh, I think the White Sox will pay. They were paying. Their payroll was in the, the top six a couple of years ago when they were moving toward trying to win a championship and staying as a uh, playoff team. It didn't work out. Yep. Uh, Bruce, a texter points out, and I agree with this, they have the benefit of a bad division, which I know a lot of people last season, we kept waiting for them to snap out of it and you know kind of start playing good baseball. That, as we well know, did not happen, but, uh, you know, the, the the Sox fan, I think, you want to see improved product. You want to see competitive baseball. You want to see good baseball, and hopefully they get more on a on a better track for that. This the season. division doesn't help you as much anymore, Mike, uh, because you play only 52 games in your division now with the New Balance uh, schedule, okay? So with, with that in mind, uh, it's important to be the best team in your division. You like to win it, but... Uh, you don't have as many opportunities only playing uh, 13 games against your division opponents every year now. Last thing before we take a break, Bruce, uh, I wanted to ask you about Tim Anderson. We we mentioned his name in the segment. He's still out there as a free agent. Are you hearing anything about T.A. and where he might end up and what he might be looking at for this coming it, season? It's been a slow uh, process for Tim. Uh, most teams out there are looking at him as a second baseman not as a shortstop. Uh, That's a a hard projection because he hasn't played a lot there. We saw him play that in the WBC and did very well uh, last March, last February and March. But the reality is is that uh, Tim is going to have to reprove himself somewhere. And uh, monetizing that initially and getting an opportunity to play every day, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. We have not heard 
him connected with too many teams at this point in time. So we wish him luck. He's a great young man. You know, I, I, I hope all the best for him. You know, he was a fine player here and an all-star for a while with the White Sox. Hopefully he can regain that somebody er- somewhere else. When we return on Inside the Clubhouse, we will talk to Mike Busek. He is an MLB consultant, a former front office member for both the Brewers and the Royals, but he is has a lot of experience in new stadiums. We're going to talk to him about the South Loop proposal for the White Sox proposed new stadium. We will do that when we return. A quick reminder, join 670 The Score and Circa Sports Illinois for the big game party on Sunday, February 11th. It's at Benchmark in Old Town. Mully and Hoff, Bernstein Holmes, and Rahimi, and Parkins and Spiegel will all be broadcasting live from noon to 3, getting ready for the big game between Kansas City and San Francisco. You must have at least $100 in your Circus Sports Illinois app to attend. Doors open at noon. There will be live entertainment, complimentary game day bites. Go to CircusSports.com to sign up for the invite and more info. Again, coming up next, White Sox Stadium Talk with Mike Busick on Inside the Clubhouse here on The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. It is Inside the Clubhouse. Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito in for David Haw today. And we're going to talk stadiums and we're going to talk White Sox. And to do that, we head on out to the Score Hotline, presented by Circus Sports Illinois. And we bring in an old friend and a guy who is an expert in uh, the development of ballparks, 
marketing and a guy that's been doing this for, geez, Mike, uh, how many years? 35 years. Mike Busek joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Bruce and Mike. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Yeah, it's great to have you on. And uh, exciting news, certainly, that uh, the Chicago White Sox are talking to the developers of land in the uh, South Loop and uh, talking to the the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois about the possibility of building a a new ballpark at that venue. Your your first thoughts when you heard uh, that this was a possibility? You know, I've uh, I have a condo in Streeterville, so I spend uh, spent a, a decent amount of time in the downtown area in the last few years, and have driven by that location. And you know, once you've been in the business as long as I have, you know, the first thing that pops up in your head is, look at that plot of land, and why doesn't someone do something with that? You know, what's the what's the delay? So when this news broke, it just makes perfect sense to me. I think it's a great location within the city the proximity to downtown businesses and hotels and you know the adjacency to the river and you know would open up endless opportunities to maximize the river in that location so what a great site mike uh bruce mentioned uh, you've been at this a long time uh with the royals and and also with the brewers now you lived the stadium thing in milwaukee as, as they were building that ballpark uh, how did the process go? I mean, what can White Sox fans and just interested Chicagoans look for as as this moves forward? We're obviously very early in said process right now. Well, I think the process is different, you know, market to market. What occurred in Milwaukee was, and this was in the fall of 1995, so a bit before I started, they actually held a design competition to um, attract architectural firms to provide overall vision and aesthetics, you know, for a possible ballpark. You know, in the meantime, they were going through the legislature and trying to get funding approved. Um, I started right after the architect and contractor were selected. So the first thing we did was actually, you know, studied and traveled a lot of new facilities across the country at the time, both arenas and ballparks. We also conducted a lot of market research in Milwaukee, um, something that's uh, called a a depth of market study to really determine the mix of seating and and premium seating. You know, suites were still very popular back then, but, you know, you really wanted to custom fit the ballpark to the market. And that research helped us determine how many suites we could actually sell in Milwaukee. So, you know, club level, things like that. Um, And the design process we went through, you know, it was a great collaboration of of minds from across the country, different architects and designers who worked for all the uh, consultants and firms that had worked on other ballpark projects. So it really brought, you know, a lot of expertise and experience from all over the country, which was, you know, invaluable to me at the time to to really you know, pick up information from, from all these uh, all these folks. And then we did a uh, a study where we, you know, went through all the needs that we had as a organization in terms of space and designing a program to really help determine, you know, what the, how big the ballpark needed to be, all the rooms, you know, square footage, you know, that level of detail. And then of course the contractor does an initial estimate, um, which uh, inevitably will come in way in higher than anyone expected. So you go through a value engineering phase where you reduce 
space and cost and try to make it fit within the budget. So, you know, each process, I think, is unique to its site and city and its franchise. Uh, but that's what we went through in Milwaukee. And I think um, for all the Chicagoans who have traveled up uh, 94 and checked out American Family Field, it's, uh, it, I think that ballpark has really aged well and stood the test of time. Mike, uh, the nuances of uh, building a ballpark and what you want around a ballpark have changed so drastically since uh, the cell was built uh, in the early 1990s. At that point, I remember uh, White Sox people telling me, well, you know, we don't necessarily want uh, the area built up around the ballpark. We, uh, you know, we prefer to have... uh, you know, as many customers enjoying the great food and experience at the ballpark. And, uh, you know, at that time, the ballpark experience was all that there was. Eventually, it became about what is around a ballpark, what entertainment value is there for families. Describe how that's changed since um, even when you were uh, a part of the, you know, decision-making to build a new ballpark in Milwaukee. Well, it's a great point, Bruce. The, you know, the model for a successful ballpark has changed drastically in those 30 years, plus since uh, New Comiskey opened in 91. So the trend now is a complete mixed-use development, which would include housing, retail, office space, entertainment. And the teams have some, in most cases, control or at least influence and interest in those ancillary developments and you know it's important to point out that the revenue from these developments aren't subject to revenue sharing so it basically provides the franchise with another revenue stream so for example the battery in atlanta which is a model that a lot of teams in mlb are looking at right now it's 60 acres it generated an additional 53 million dollars in new revenue for the braves in 22. so uh, that gives you an idea of you know, why teams are really looking at this at this type of model. Mike, uh, it's funny, too, because we and we've joked about this. We've been talking about the Bears and their quest for a new stadium for years, it seems. And we will be doing so for another number of years until they actually decide what they're going to do and then build that. But this White Sox thing is kind of snuck up on everyone and it, it's quickly uh, gained a lot of momentum. And you, you mentioned some of the perks of the site and some of the uh, obvious positives, but the river, too, that's very intriguing. I've, I've heard people say you could use things like boating people up the river or cruises that drop you off at the ballpark, things like that. That would be an interesting facet that not a lot of ballparks can offer. Well, exactly. And, you, you know, you think of some of the more picturesque ballparks in, in MLB. Pittsburgh, you know, comes to mind with the river adjacent to it. And, you know, I just think, you know, the preliminary renderings that were um, released you know, really show the spectacular views this ballpark on the location called the 78 would, you know, really showcase Chicago's beautiful skyline and, uh, you know, basically creates a Chamber of Commerce commercial for the city. So it's a, uh, you know, just has a tremendous amount of potential. Mike Busek, uh, a baseball expert when it comes to building ballparks, has been involved with uh, the building of uh, the current Chicago White Sox ballpark, Milwaukee, and Kansas City. And Mike, when you uh, you look at downsides, it's, it's hard to pick it out other than 
neighborhood issues. We've heard some complaining about uh, bringing different elements and large amounts to the South Loop neighborhood areas. When, when you hear that, obviously there's going to be some complaints, but um, it just seems that the, the positive is certainly outweigh all the negatives. Of course, I don't live in that area. You do. Talk a little bit about the, the neighborhood and, and possible neighbor situations that could occur. Well, first, I think, you know, the development team would certainly solicit feedback and input from, you know, the neighbors. What's different about this is, you know, you're looking at an entire mixed-use development taking over a 62-acre site. So if you, you know, if you choose to purchase a condo right in that location, you know, you've done it with the knowledge that, hey, there's a ballpark across the street. Um, you know, for, you know, some of these events that I'll point out the NASCAR race, you know, can be a bit disruptive um, for the people living downtown. But I think that's part of, you know, what comes with the amenities of living in a you know central core of the city. So, you know, I think it's something that, you know, certainly would be studied, ingress and egress would be studied. Um, but this location also has with the proximity to seat, you know, public transportation by CTA and Metra and as Mike mentioned the possibility of you know ferrying people alongside the river certainly could mitigate some of the uh, you know the traffic issues you might have and I think uh, you know certainly would supercharge development in the south loop you know I think for many years we all grew used to seeing large tower cranes you know all around the city and you know you could take one drive down there today and not see as many and I think Chicago really needs redevelopment and construction projects. That's probably why you saw the Chicago Federation of Labor President come out in support of this early on because Chicago needs some development and construction. And this certainly would be a showcase piece for the city. Yeah, Mike, I, I was, uh, I don't want to say surprised, but I mean, Rob Manfred was quickly uh, on board with this, uh, expressing his uh, approval or saying everything looked good to him. I mean, it's been Surprising, aside from the various uh, comments from people who live down there who might be concerned about what all the construction would bring, everyone seems to be very positive about this possibility. Yeah, I think, you know, when you really, if you can step back, and I know fans can be emotional about their team as they should be, whether it's the ownership or, or on-field performance, but, you know, if you examine this from a strictly a business perspective, Try to take your emotions out of it. This project would be great for the city of Chicago and the White Sox. And in the end, fans want their team to be consistently successful. And a project like this and the White Sox, you know, in a brand new ballpark that's very successful and draws well consistently would go a long way in helping to make the White Sox into a stronger franchise. And I think that's important for fans to try to take, you know, take a step back and really examine all the attributes and I think, you know, that's where they'll come up. And that's probably why you're seeing that it's starting to gain some support early on. Mike, in closing with you, Mike and I appreciate your time today. And when you look at some of the nuances, I, I, I've seen some of the newer ballparks. I don't love all of them because they go back very quickly. In other words, you got the first, you know, 50 rows. And then all of a sudden, instead of, the old up and down version of ballparks that were built with steel posts, these things go back and you lose sight lines very quickly. A ballpark downtown Chicago with 
35,000 people. Can it be built with better sight lines, do you think, than some of these newer ballparks where, you know, they're, they're fun to look at, but the sight lines are not quite what they should be? Yeah, I think, again, during the design process um, of a potential stadium, the architects, you know, would really take a look at the site and you probably all these newer ballparks, what they're looking at in, in St. Petersburg and in Las Vegas or more intimate facilities, you know, capacity in the, you know, 35 to 38,000 range. And, you know, you can certainly provide some great sight lines with uh, a capacity once you start talking 40,000 plus. And when you do have a larger site, that's when the ballparks tend to get bigger. A smaller site will naturally, you know, force the designers to come up with some solutions to, uh, to make it a little bit more intimate and provide those sight lines. Mike, I hope you're a big part of this going forward. Obviously, we don't know anything about that, but an expert uh, that has as much, much experience with you and a Chicagoan like you are, I hope you're right in the middle of it. Mike and I appreciate your time today. Have a great day, okay? All right, thanks, guys. We'll see you here for spring training pretty soon. Sounds great. Thanks, Mike. Mike. That's Mike Busick former uh, VP from Kansas City, Milwaukee, a current MLB consultant. Bruce, I I know uh, a lot of people are, you know, have a lot of various questions about this, man. I would love to, I I think the same thing about that plot of land. Every time I go by there, I'm like, why is this empty? And now that they're talking about uh, the stadium there and and really the mixed use site and all the other things that they could do on that site, I, I certainly hope it happens. I think it would be a great thing for the White Sox franchise. I think it is going to happen. I think there's a lot of creative parts that haven't been reported yet. The, the, the idea that the Illinois Sports Authority still might be involved, that there might be a lease involved again, uh, where there's not extra taxes for Chicago uh, city dwellers, which is certainly an important facet, knowing uh, moving forward, not going into the pocket of the uh, city tax payer. There, there's all a lot of positive signs moving forward on this. One more segment from us, Theo Epstein back in the news, and we will talk about that news when we return inside the clubhouse. Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito in for David today. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. 
Last segment from us here on Inside the Clubhouse, and we wanted to close, Bruce, with the Theo Epstein news, which uh, came out uh, yesterday, I think. Theo back in Boston joining the Fenway Sports Group as uh, part of ownership. Now, that group owns the Red Sox, the Pittsburgh Penguins, Liverpool of the English Premier League uh, for soccer, and NASCAR's RFK Racing. So, Theo, part of that. He'll uh, stepping down as a consultant for MLB, and he, he was responsible for a lot of uh, the rule changes uh, that have happened over the years. But Theo back in the game and uh, and making things. You know, he had talked about trying to get into ownership for for a number of years, and and here he has it. Theo Epstein was going to be involved somewhere along the way. You know, bringing his uh, brilliant mind back into sports somewhere. He'd been working with uh, MLB. He had a, a, a huge uh, impact on the, the new rules that were put into place over the last two years. And it, we saw how the uh, just the time clock alone impacted Major League Baseball last year, cutting a half hour off of games. So uh, Theo coming back is no surprise. Being a part of ownership, no surprise. Uh, my, my question to you, Mike, is is it time for Theo Epstein to be considered for the Hall of Fame? And even though he's only around 50 years old, the idea that um, it's time for him to get in for his accomplishments, what he's done in Major League Baseball. I, I think if there was ever a Hall of Famer from the baseball executive and ownership side, uh, now ownership, but previously baseball executive, I mean... How about the guy that ended the curse of the Bambino and then the Cubs 108-year drought? Uh, how about that guy? That guy sounds like a good Hall of Famer to me. I think he has certainly earned it. Uh, people were talking about him as a shoe-in even before the Cubs won the World Series, and then you, you put that on top of what happened in Boston. Uh, I would love to see it. I would love to see a, a younger man uh, making a speech as he gets in the Hall of Fame while he's still young and still going. I think it's well deserved, and and I agree with you, Mike. Why why do people have to wait until they're in their 70s to uh, be able to smell the roses? He's uh, certainly accomplished enough in the game, and is still so viable. Uh, let him celebrate with his family earlier on. I'm, I'm all for it. Hey, Mike, uh, we have a lot of people to thank today. Why don't we start with uh, Mike Busek, who. Uh, Stadium expert talked a little bit about the White Sox and their quest for a new ballpark downtown. Also, uh, Carter Hawkins, the general manager of the Chicago Cubs, joined us as well. Robbie Torino did a terrific job producing the show. Mike, always a pleasure having you there, as I always call you, Ben Zobrist of Sports Radio. Uh, Guess who's next? I, I have an idea, and I appreciate that, Bruce. It's great doing the show with you, as always. And uh, you and David will be back next Saturday at 9. And again, spring training right around the corner. But coming up next, your pal and mine for some Saturday suckage, Steve Rosenblum. He's next on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.